Welcome to the official Dungeons the Dragons podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Greg Tito. Hi, Greg Tito. This is Shelly. Wait, no, that's Shelly. What? What? <laughs> what? Who is this? <laughs> you can tell by her uh, in, in, in vocal impressions. Oh, right. Yes. Ernie. <laughs> On call, as always. I know. Yeah, right. Now, you're, you're by the way, turn. that was Bert from Sesame Street. For our guests who are staring at me like, what? <laughs> oh, I... I could totally tell. I was just surprised you felt the need to tell us. You knew? No, of course not. <laughs> you, you can you also tell from the puppet you're holding and right. the mouthing is And the unibrow. The unibrow, of course. <laughs> well, if I were 16, that would actually be true. Sadly. Now yes. you have to put a picture up of, of Shelly's 16-year-old. I have, and I will. Yes. I have that we'll great high school I'm picture. I'm not afraid With to show unibrow. it. That's I a- have the most... Enormous unibrow, <laughs> and I have teal eyeliner, really tall bangs. You can smell the aquanut radiating out of this picture. It's in a mock turtleneck on. Oh it's gosh. so awesome. That's awesome. I'd like to think you were like cosplaying, right? I was cosplaying, cosplaying, like cosplaying Bon Jovi, gem. yeah, groupie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cosmetic technology has come a long way. It really has. Thank God. Well, we're joined by two uh, amazing folks uh, who are going to tell us about some of the fantastic stuff we announced this week about Woo! the Dungeon Masters Guild. We are joined by uh, Chris Lindsay. Hello, Chris. Hello. And Mike Merles. Hi, Mike. Hey, everyone. Welcome. And uh, let's just get right into uh, uh, the talking about stuff. It's an exciting one. It's an exciting time. I am excited about this program. I remember. Talking about it long, long, long time ago when it was just a glimmer in your eye, Chris Lindsay. In 2010. Whoa, really? That far Actually, back? I don't remember talking about it. Yeah, that, I that found my initial ago. like, like concept documents, and they were dated 2010. Really? Wow. I'm not kidding you. Was this your baby? Yes. Really? From inception. Yes. Oh my gosh. Bong. So, that is a long gestation period. That really? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> true. And that only came out in 2014, so it totally changes everything. That might hurt Ryan's ears. <laughs> we have to do it much louder <laughs> next time. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, t- tell everybody what is what is the Dungeon Masters Guild, and how did it come from your your, your brain pan? So, the Dungeon Masters Guild is something that uh, we kind of came up with, um, basically to serve the fan base, to find a way for them to essentially get involved with D&D directly, right? So we can put out these fantastic books and, and content and so forth, um, but Dungeons & Dragons from the very beginning has always been about fan-created content, but we have no idea what all is being created out there. So it would be fantastic if our fans could create content and then get involved with the Dungeon Masters Guild and perhaps sell that content through an online marketplace that has an easy push button like service. Nice. So you're helping to make these people more prominent in the community and actually like they can earn some extra income doing it. Absolutely, that. yeah. Really? If they're really good designers. Also, because the, the marketplace uh, uh, has a built-in rating and review system, they will be able to get feedback directly from other fans, right, and develop themselves as creators, which is important. Do you think of yourself as a dungeon master who's creating your own homebrew uh, uh, adventures that are set in uh, the Forgotten Realms or things like that, and you're creating all this content, you're making up all this wonderful stories, but you know only the people in your group really gets to experience that. Now, 
Now you can share it with the whole world. Yeah, with some cleaning up and and, and making it, you know, into like a publishable format, like people will will download that and enjoy it. Yep, absolutely. Nice. So, Mike, you came from from kind of a self-published world, too. Mm -hmm. So what does this mean to you? So what's really interesting about this is the scope of material that used to be off limits because of obviously copyright law and all that. So what we're doing is we're saying in the past when you had the open gaming license and then the the system reference document which contained the material you could use, uh, that material didn't include anything about our settings. So now with the DMs Guild, uh, we're offering a marketplace like Chris talked about, push button publishing, and then we're also putting into that repository of information you can use, the Forgotten Realms. Uh, so this is your chance to use the characters, locations, uh, the events of the realms, and use those in your own your own creations. So if you're running a Forgotten Realms campaign, or you're just a Forgotten Realms fan who wants to create content, this is your chance to get that content out there. And the really kind of exciting thing about it is the possibilities that opens up. Because uh, we know a lot of people like interacting with, you know, when you run a campaign, you have to make up stuff. So this is your chance not only as a creator where you can say, well, let's say I created a, a village outside of Waterdeep or here's an adventure I wrote in Undermountain that I want to share. Uh, it's also your chance as a dungeon master if you're running a realms campaign or you're just looking for inspiration to have this marketplace of ideas where the barriers to entry are – we're making them as low as we possibly can uh, so that there's tons of content now that you can you can look through for inspiration to use in your campaign. And then on our end as Wizards of the Coast – um, what we're going to do is create a few different product categories that we see as featured content. Uh, those are driven by two things. On one hand, we, we know what people want. Uh, we spend a lot of time asking people questions, doing online surveys, uh, talking to dungeon masters and players. And so we kind of have a sense of here's what people would like to see more of. So the categories will speak to that. And then from our end, uh, really just a matter of bandwidth, as we look at content uh, and especially produce, uh, creators that we might want to work with, uh, this lets us focus our, our attention. So to start with, uh, there are going to be three featured categories. So one of them will be uh, background check, which is essentially a uh, new backgrounds. So if oh. you want to write, yes, yeah, so if you want to write a product that's just new backgrounds for use in the Forgotten Realms, uh, that's the category. Right. Now the important thing to keep in mind is you can create whatever you want. These categories just exist so that you can think, hey, what's a good starting point of something I want to create? Mm-hmm. So if we want to put together an ebook, a PDF of say three new backgrounds you created for your campaign, they might reference specific areas in the Forgotten Realms. So you might think, oh, I want to create a couple backgrounds that are specific to the Zentarum, or I want to make a few that are for characters from the Dales or something like that. You can look at doing that. Um, so that's one of them. Uh, the second one is a monstrous compendium. So as part of this program, we're going to make uh, different resources available to you. So the program, on one hand, some of them might be books that you, you that you would really need to purchase to use. So for instance, the Player's Handbook or the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide are resources that you can use. You still need to purchase those books, but you can refer to their contents in your own creations. Right. On the other hand, we're also taking material from uh, the archive. So we went back, say, in this, from this case, for Monsters Compendium, in the art archive of uh, third edition, fourth edition, anything we had digitally, and we're uploading uh, bundles of art of monsters that we have not yet converted to fifth edition from prior editions. So you, that art is included in the program. You can grab it. You can use it in your PDFs. And then you could either create a new monster using that art or you can update a classic monster. 
Uh, and so for to tie into uh, Rage of Demons, we grabbed a bunch of art for our demons. It's not all the art from the monster manuals. We tried to grab art that just showed one creature. Sometimes a piece of art will have like four or five creatures in it. So to make it easier for a creator, we just we just tried to pull art that just had one creature. So you, you weren't stuck designing five if there was just one you wanted to do. Unless you uh, wanted to yeah, do unless all you wanted five of them. To. Then you got like yeah. a murderer's row of, <laughs> of orcs and exactly. hobgoblins to design. <laughs> and so... And again, similar to background check, we'll have some suggested guidelines for how many monsters to feature in the PDF. Uh, basically, if you meet the uh, the guidelines, that qualifies you to get tagged as part of that category. Um, so you can oh, it's a monster's compendium. So if you're, you're browsing the marketplace, you can just, I want to see all the monster's compendiums. Uh, and you can see all the products that fit that. And so then, again, that's something where we can look, see who's designing interesting monsters, and help DMs who just want to inject a few creatures into their campaigns. Um, there uh, and then the so that's the first two categories and the final categories we're looking for sidetracks a few those are basically short adventures I mean, that's another thing Dungeon Masters have asked for that we're not currently producing um, so that you know an adventure that lasts an evening or so mm-hmm. uh, and for all three of these um, there'll be featured categories on the marketplace and that's where we'll be kind of looking you know as we're looking for more creators that's where we'll be looking. And similar to how we have the monster art, uh, for the sidetracks, we have a uh, collection of maps we put together. So if you're, not, if you're like me and you're a terrible cartographer, you can grab one of these maps and then probably you know, Photoshop or some program, like put in your own map key, you know, label rooms number one or, or modified as you need. And you can use that to, to write your own adventure. Um, and again, so these are kind of the categories we're starting with. But if you wanted to write something, you can write whatever you want, really, within the bounds of the user agreement and the material we've made available to you. Right. But it just it just won't fall into one of these categories. But you can, you can still, you know, if you want to do a 100-page epic set in the realms, I mean, you could do that. The uh, It's just the one thing I would say. It's just not something that we would have necessarily the bandwidth to really look at and assess, oh, is this someone who might be a good writer to contact? Or And then part of it for us would just be promotions. And it, we really, I really think of this program as it's a two-way street. It's not just us throwing stuff out there for, for dungeon masters to use and to create stuff. It's also for us to, you know, look at uh, design guidelines, having these conversations with here's how to make a good dungeon, here's how to create an interesting monster, building on what we already have in the dungeon master's guide to really help create this sense of, uh, of creation and role-playing game design as a skill. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this old story of this, uh, you know, uh, uh, art. It was, I think it was someone researching creativity, and they took uh, people in a ceramics class, and they divided the class in half, two halves. And one half, they said, we're going to judge you based on the single best thing you've created. And the other half was, we were literally, we're going to grade you on the pounds of ceramics you create this term. <laughs> and they actually found that the group graded by the pound produced the highest quality, the higher quality work, because they just kept creating, and that's the best way. And yeah, and yeah. Stuff. exactly. So if you're interested, if you're thinking this sounds interesting, just you know that's the great thing. Just get out there and just start creating. You know, no and one was gaming the system to make the heaviest yeah. thing that they possibly could, just like the densest clay. <laughs> well, but even yeah. that, you'd have to like learn, right? Because you'd yeah. be like, well, if you did it once, you're like, well, can I make one that's heavier? So then, and that's the idea: is that, you know, the people created by volume had to iterate to it again and again and again and again and again. Right. So you touched on a couple of things which are really cool, which is uh, the uh, that we'll be looking for new creators yes, uh, for GMD through this program. So in that case, people should be creating the 100-page epics just because that's the heaviest, weediest things that uh, will be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're grading by the page. Because yeah. we're grading by the Who page only. The most pages, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, the, those are the, the categories that you mentioned are the things that you'll be kind of like with a microscope's eye looking at. Yeah, that's the stuff we'll be much more focused on. And again, and, and it's, it's shorter for a reason. It lets us get through stuff quicker. Right. And it also, I mean, I, if you're thinking of taking part, I'd really encourage you, yeah, start small. I mean, that's, when I started my career as a game designer, 
16 years, 17 years ago now, uh, I, you know, I started by writing like thousand word essays for you know tabletop role playing games, doing very small stuff. You know, don't think you need to wow the world with a doorstopper of a product. Uh, you know, start small and build from there. Yeah. And so, yeah, so for us, we're really just looking to like, it, it's something we can look at quickly. We can take a peek at, see what someone's doing. Uh, we'll also be relying, so it's through our partners at, at drivethroughrpg.com. Uh, there'll be a, a website. Chris, do you remember the, the URL of the website? I'm sure we can get it in the show. Uh, yeah, the but. URL actually is very, very simple. Uh, there are two possible ones you can use. One is uh, dungeonmastersguild.com and the other one is dmsguild.com. So nice. if you've purchased anything through D&D Classics or DriveThruRPG.com or RPG Now, uh, there's a rating system. There's a review system. So if you're buying stuff, you have that chance to give people feedback, like Chris mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then we'll also be using that. We'll see, like, what's the top of the bestseller lists, what's getting good ratings, things like that. So it's right. in their best interest to promote their work, too, because yeah. you want more eyeballs on it. Exactly. Very good. So, yeah, it's really it's exciting times. The, yeah. Uh, you know, and obviously this is a program which we've never done anything like this before. No. So this is what we're launching with. And I think I could speak for Chris in saying we're going to be looking at how things go and iterating, just mm-hmm. kind of like we did with the public play test for fifth yeah. edition. It's, you know, we're going to watch how people are using it and we'll yep. pivot and change and shift based on reactions we get and what's yep. working and what's not. So. It'll very much be a living program that will, yeah, that will adjust as time goes on. And, and, and we may even switch our focus on what we look at for publication and that sort of thing uh, going, going forward, just depending on what we see everybody's interested in. And I'm really excited about the idea of, you know, empowering creators, you know, like people who, who, who spend, you know, 9, 10, 25 hours developing stories for their four-hour weekly session of D&D. Yep. You know, that, that's a lot of work. I know people who have file cabinets full of, of that stuff that, you know, there's not a really good application for them to, to share it. And now here's, here's that marketplace. Here's that chance to... To, to put that in PDF form and, and put it out in front of bunny of uh, people. Yeah. Yep. And so the creator is in charge of setting the price. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the creators will be responsible for setting their own price. We, uh, or the folks, I should say, at uh, One Bookshelf, um, who are really adept at doing this sort of thing, mm-hmm. are going to offer up some suggested pricing. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, uh, but they don't have to follow that. They can they can choose their own pricing if they feel like you know they want to charge less or more, whatever the case may be. Um, it's really up to the creator to make that that ultimate decision. But but for those who aren't as uh, skilled at like negotiating necessarily the marketplace, there will be yeah. some suggestions. And they could they could even charge zero, right? Yeah, absolutely. If they yeah. want to put themselves there for free, they can totally do that. And that might be just a way just to get it out there and see if yeah. it's popular and, and, mm-hmm. and really kind of test the market, especially with your, like you were saying, like that first foot forward, you know, a small thing uh, might be just the, the encouragement you need to keep creating. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So like something like backgrounds, if it's intriguing to someone that they want to try to create this, but they, I, I wouldn't know where to start. Is there like a template? Is there a guideline? Like where, do, how do you create a background? What do you, what do you really need to do? The best thing that they can do is just look at what already exists, the, right? Yeah. Look at the, the player's handbook. The um, if other folks create backgrounds and and other and that are highly rated, they should look at those. So they should, you know. Yeah. We've also looked at doing some, putting out some resources. Now, this is where I'm going to totally forget. I know I have written something on how to design a background. I can't remember if we've published it yet. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing we'll look at compiling and making, yeah. giving easy access to it through the program. And there will be some templates uh, for adventures and things like that, which will be available. Exactly, yeah. We, we intend to provide some, some simple, easy-to-use uh, templates uh, in Word that people can easily load their 
content yeah. into. That'll have oh, styles nice. and stuff you can use. And so so we it looks like we'll definitely have one for adventures at launch. And we're kind of looking at what kind of support we could do for like monster stat blocks and stuff. So that might have to wait a little bit, but we know for adventures definitely for sure. Yeah. So when there are new campaign new storylines that we focus on here, will the content will that content be available for people? They'll be able to write their own Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. 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 Adventures that fit into them. Yeah. That is That's definitely cool. the plan. Yeah, as we go into new storylines, we add new expansions to the game. And um, yeah, so it's really just a matter of where, you know, where the focus is, where the demand is, and you know, what people want to write about. That's right. definitely something. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about the Forgotten Realms and the fact that this is as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first time you're able to write something set in the Forgotten Realms and publish it on your own. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Why why have we chosen now? What what was what was the impetus behind behind doing that? Uh, for for the DMs, it, it really comes down to uh, a feeling of of shared ownership. Now, that said, you know the the D and D team at Wizards of the Coast will always be responsible for establishing canon in the Forgotten Realms. But um, we we recognize that there's other people out there that have equally good ideas, and we're interested in looking at those and seeing what they do with our world, um, and maybe they'll get the opportunity to write in actual canon at some point. Yeah, and, and in some ways, too, when we looked at the the, the concepts behind it, uh, we had talked about, you know, if, if you're familiar with 3rd uh, edition and 4th edition, there was the OGL and the GSL. And we thought, well, you know, we could just replicate the OGL. Uh, the GSL just seemed it just didn't seem popular with people, so we felt that's where we would go. And I think part of it was, you know, we don't want to just do what we did five years ago you know, the, or 15, 16 years ago, whatever mm-hmm. it was, the, when, when you, when you have a game that's 42 years old now, wow. uh, yeah, that's a lot of history and it's easy to fall, to lull yourself into just hitting the same old patterns. So I think whenever we look at doing something that looks like something we've done before, we're always trying to say, how can we improve this? How can we go bigger? How can we get more exciting? How can we get more people engaged? Uh, and, you know, and that's one of the things we always heard is people wanted to work, play in our worlds. And mm-hmm. they're playing in them right now, so really it's just giving people a voice, you know? And I think that's something that, especially, you know, connection, the internet and, you know, connectivity, you know, I think that's just, it's just a natural next step for, you know, a game that sort of really invented this idea of, you know, the DIY at-home game designer, so. I just think it's cool that people will, you know, if they've been adventuring in, in metropolises like Neverwinter or, or Baldur's Gate, that they'll be able to, you know, instead of it being generic fantasy city like, you know, uh, people have previously had to do, now they're going to be actually in there and use, you know, things that people might remember from the novels by, by Bob Salvatore or, or, or Aaron Evans and, and actually just use that all as, as fodder for their published adventures. I just think yeah, it's so the novels neat. novels are, are fodder for people? Well, to not have. necessarily the... the, yeah. the yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, so, so to start with, we'll have a list of resources. And so right now it's the core rulebooks, uh, Sword Coast Adventures Guide, okay. and uh, Out of the Abyss. And as we, as we go forward, we, it's, if you've been purchasing stuff off of uh, dndclassics.com, it's kind of the same thing. We didn't want to just throw everything out there at once because yeah. it might be overwhelming. So we're going to kind of start small and then yep. build up. with. We'll add more resources to that list as mm-hmm. we go. But we definitely want to... You know, in future products getting added, and then the same by the same token, looking for past products and adding those to the roster too. So it's gonna be a little bit of a balancing act. And uh, yeah, novels are something we could add in. 
the uh, and basically anything we published, we can add to the program. So as long as Wizards of the Coast owns it, we we can work with it. Right, so. right. And what I, what I meant was being uh, just to clarify, so it doesn't get too confusing. Like no, the, the novels are, are are off limits, I guess, for now. But for it's now. like the yeah. fact that you know that that Drist is in the Underdark, that you know in Menzo Baranzan, which is you know referenced in Out of the Abyss, like it, that it's in the same shared universe and yeah, world. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. The, the characters that you love to read about, your player characters uh, would be able to experience something very similar. Yeah. Yeah, which I just that that possibility just blows my mind. I know. I, I can't wait to see what people do. I mean, that's the really exciting. That's what thing. I'm yeah. excited about too. That's yeah. gonna be really exciting. You know, it's like where is the the zeitgeist? And you know, and I think that's been a big thing we've focused on the past couple of years is really getting in touch with the audience, and really kind of taking this journey together. You know, like it's kind of like we put this put this together, and it's like okay, what's well, now? It's your move, Dungeon Masters. And, yeah. You know, what, what do you guys want to do? Right? right? Like show us. Right. The you know, and then then it's back and forth, and I always like that. To me, that's really exciting. I mean, it's it's more fun than just having a very static relationship. With it's an exciting audience. too to think about like you or Chris Perkins or Chris Lindsay, like when you were like sixteen years old and you're writing your little <laughs> adventures and submitting them to Dragon. Like you know, like there's there are the next Mike Merles and Chris Perkins and Chris Lindsay's yeah, out there absolutely. right now. And that's what's cool. Like you said, mentioned submitting to Dragon. We basically have just nuked that step. Yeah. Rather than having to say, oh, you have to go through all these gatekeepers, it's like, just do it yeah. and see yeah. what happens. And yeah, maybe something will happen, maybe it won't. I mean, mm-hmm. you never know, but at the very least, I mean, hope, I hope people just enjoy the act of creation. Right. You know, and it's something so I think fun. they will, knowing our community and yeah, knowing exactly. the dungeon Well, that's masters. the thing. At that point, the community becomes their gatekeepers. They will let people know whether they yeah. like their stuff or not. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the power is within the community itself. Yeah. 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 And it's just the value of the act of creation. That even if you don't sell a ton of copies or become famous, like it's still it, it's fun to make stuff, you know, and it's fun yeah. to be part of that community. And I'm really that's what I'm really hoping we see evolve is this sense of community of creators, yeah. you know, with shared wisdom and insight, and that we as Wizards of the Coast and the sort of the the caretakers of D and D will be part of that community. That it's not going to be this divide. You know, we're on one side of the wall and the community's on the other. I mean, obviously, like when we're working on an upcoming campaign, we we will like to have those surprise moments and stuff like that. But this is something where when we talk about the brass tacks of tabletop role-playing game design, you know, it, it's it's great. It's actually very beneficial for us as a design studio to have people out there who are working on this stuff and skilling up and everyone iterating on the rules and on the stories and the settings and improving them, coming up with great new ideas, yeah. you know, really building that up. So that really excites me. That is really exciting. That's going to be something that uh, our involvement with the community is going to be most, I think, evident when we attend some of the, you know, public shows that we are going to be attending throughout the the year. We're going to have workshops uh, for our Dungeon Masters Guild folks to attend and show up and and create right there on the spot and and get feedback from each other and from us and and have fun and, and, you know, get goofy or or serious, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And that's definitely something you know. I mentioned you know we're we're ready to start shifting things, and we want to look at what can we do to support the community of creators, so you know they're enjoying it more. The work quality goes up, and we feel like we're we're making meaning, meaningful contributions. You know, it starts with this idea of like this pool of art and in game books that we can add to this this body you can draw upon. Then the question really is, what's the next step? We have some ideas of what we can do, mm-hmm. but we'll definitely be looking to to tweak those plans and shift based on what's working, what's you know what where our successes are. So the DMs Guild has been up for two days now. Uh, what's 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 up there right now? What can people check out? Well, I mean, initially uh, they can go up there and they can take a look at some of the uh, uh, Adventures League 
uh, content that was created uh, specifically for uh, the Tyranny of Dragons and the Elemental Evil stories and see what those expert creators have done uh, and, and and also get involved with those adventures. If they haven't been a part of the Adventures League thus far, they can grab a couple of those adventures, take them home and play them and see if that's something that they want to get involved in to see the caliber of, uh, of content that's being being created for organized play program. Yeah, and those are a good example too if you're looking to write an adventure that's playable in one evening. It's a good mm -hmm. starting point. Okay. Yeah, And then going forward, uh, Adventures League new content will also be available through Dungeon Masters. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We we intend to work with our Adventures League authors and post their stuff up there, and they'll benefit uh, from uh, the sales of their content uh, going forward, at any rate, um, that is uh, put in the Adventures League. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of the idea is like to kind of unify those two tracks of, you know, creation that if you're an Adventures League author, you know, that's something that's not open to everyone. That's one of the things that we'll curate. We'll work with people, you know, we've worked with people in the past, we'll continue mm -hmm. to work with them in the future. And then as new authors, you know, are working on adventures and if what they're doing works well with what we want for organized play, that's where we can start recruiting new people. Uh, you can essentially think of the Adventures League stuff as things we've, we've sort of curated and said, okay, we were putting this stamp of approval on it. This is, or, this is approved for organized play, for official uh, you know, Adventures League play. Exactly, and, and the Adventures League uh, administrators are always looking for uh, new top talent yeah. to work on those adventures, and they, uh, uh, with uh, with my direction, are going to also be checking out the adventures that show up on the site and finding uh, new talent to offer Adventures League uh, slots to, to yeah. create adventures. Exactly. That's exciting. And then from now, going forward, new new seasons of Adventures League stuff yep. uh, will all be, uh, you know, previously where it was, you know, you had to have a store and it had to be, you know, through the WPN and have it be all like kind of, yeah. uh, you know, it was all kind of in the background. I don't know many of you people listening to this probably didn't even realize all the machinations that we had to do to make that work. But oh, now yeah. it'll all be available to everyone. Exactly. exactly. And anybody can run Adventures League content at their home, in the store, in the library, wherever it is that they play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, if they want to play Adventures League, it'll be available to them. Yeah. And, and, Whoa, that's big. Yeah. And, and part of the push of those adventures is we, if you go to conventions, we're still retaining uh, convention exclusives. So the way it'll work if you're writing an Adventures League adventure, uh, when that adventure is basically in its final draft form, uh, it'll be made available to one or more conventions to run as an exclusive. And then the author would take the feedback in those conventions and apply them to a very final draft that would then be uploaded mm -hmm. to, th to the Guild website. So you're not only when you're buying an Adventures League adventure, you're getting from, from top creators, you're also getting something that's been very thoroughly playtested by convention players who are some of the most like scheming, conniving, they'll break any adventure you give them players <laughs> out there. So oh, don't we know it? <laughs> but in a good way, of course. In yes. a good way. Yes. Yeah, in a way that really tests the, yeah. the, the game design oh, yeah. uh, tenets that you were talking about <laughs> earlier. Yeah. We are going to need to let Rain Wilson know about this yeah. because now he can submit that monster that oh, yeah. he That's right. submitted to Dragon many, many, many years ago. When we were talking to him, that was in the back of my head. I was like, well, you know there's a thing <laughs> yeah. coming out down the line which you'll be able to profit. Actually, I'm sure he'll make more money from, from that than he, he would. He can quit acting and just you know, create monsters. That's actually not a terrible... Celebrities should totally do that. Be like, here's my monster. It's 50 bucks. Yeah, you want my monster? <laughs> and people yeah. will probably snatch it up. Be, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you Matt Mercers of the world out there, you, <laughs> you, you do it. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Uh, so yeah, as far as Adventurers League stuff goes, I can't wait for people to do Adventurers League you know, events in like dungeon-like 
you know, locations, you know, Absolutely. like not just in stores anymore. Yeah. You can do it uh, uh, on the top of a lighthouse or, you know, <laughs> you know on a Please ship, send us you a know, overseas. Like, I just think that's so awesome. Top of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, it's really about making that content as widely available as possible. So, so yeah, it's pretty exciting. That nice. is exciting. So you mentioned a little bit about the, the OGL. Yeah. And how that's being updated, too. You want to talk a little bit about, about that? Yeah. So the OGL is something that's, you know, it's kind of near and dear to my heart because that's how I got my start in yeah. getting the D&D stuff. <laughs> Me too. The Open Gaming License. The, um, so the DMs Guild is something which we're going to be really heavily involved with. It's, yep. it's curated. We have, you know, like the full player's handbook, monster manual, expansions, and then going back into the archive, pulling stuff forward. The Open Gaming Light, we sat down and we thought to ourselves, okay, if we have the Dungeon Masters Guild up and running, uh, what role does the Open Gaming License play? And we, the way we approach it and the way we think of it is the Open Gaming License is the path you should use if you're thinking, hey, I want to create a wholly original campaign setting. Or you're thinking, hey, I like fantasy, but what I really want to do is run a, you know, a, 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 an espionage game using the 5th edition engine. Right, or I want the freedom to publish this uh, in whatever form I'd like, uh, whether it's you know uh, PDF somewhere else, not on the Dungeon Masters Guild, or in physical print, or whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah, if they want, if you want to print books and sell them in hobby stores, game mm-hmm. stores, things like that. Okay, well that's an important distinction. So DM's Guild is going to be PDF electronic only. Yes, exactly. Okay, we're looking maybe longer term doing something with print on demand. The one thing there is it requires a bit more technical, uh, you know, for, with the formatting of the files, it's not just as easy to make that, you know, uh, shake and bake. There's a level so. of expertise that's required for our designers or for whoever they would get to maybe lay out their adventure. Yeah. Um, exactly. That they may not have right now, so we're not going to do it right off the gate. Yeah, we just, we don't want somebody feeling like, oh, I want to make this in print. Okay, but here's all these technical hurdles I have to jump over. Right. So it's something we're, we're going to wait a little bit on that. And that's about us trying work. to remove the roadblocks to, to create yeah, content rather or, than create more. Exactly. Or it may just come down to, hey, if you want to do print on demand, here are the requirements. We really can't. There might be something where we hit where we just we can't help you, like, you know, <laughs> because it just requires you can't how design your, your exactly. documents for yeah, you. Can't, right, exactly. exactly. It comes yeah, that takes design. a level of, of thing. But the OGL is, is for people like that, established yeah. pub, uh, if, uh, publishers if who. If you've published a book before or like you think you know how to do it and want to try. Um, and so the, the big difference between the OGL and the DMs Guild uh, in terms of content is you're getting the 5th edition core rules, uh, but we are not giving you absolutely everything. So a rule of thumb we tried to follow in terms of content was if it appeared in the OGL in the past, we're duplicating it. uh, Sorry, if it was released under the Open Gaming License in the past, we're releasing it now for 5th edition. So if there was a monster that was available, it's now available again. The fifth edition version is available. Uh, obviously, not every monster that was released under the OGL for third edition uh, is in fifth edition, so there's some gaps. Now, the biggest difference you're going to see, though, is for the character classes and for feats, uh, we actually aren't including all the subclasses. Because, again, the intention here is you're using this because you're creating a new game or a new setting. And so for each of the classes, you're getting the most iconic subclass, but not the full range. Uh, because again, what we imagine is you would be creating your own subclasses rather than just reprinting what we've what we've presented. Mm-hmm. So you get one. So for instance, the fighter, you get the champion. For the uh, the cleric, you get the life domain cleric. 
So it's the subclasses you would have found in basic Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the free PDF document. And then for the other classes like sorcerer, uh, it's the dragon sorcerer and things like that. So you're getting enough that it's, it's you know, it's enough that you have all the infrastructure and, and material you, you need. Like you could just reprint that if you wanted to and it's full game. But what really what we're, we're trying to seed is this idea of, well, I want to do a superhero game, so I'm going to make my own classes. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I have this really uh, cool campaign setting where, you know, it's this super high magic and technology. So in my campaign setting, here are the subclasses I would build to reflect either the unique rules or the background and things like that. So it's really made for if you want to go like really hardcore, you know, create something really distinct and unique from what we're doing, say with the Forgotten Realms or other settings, you know, something that looks more like, uh, you know, like your take on Spelljammer or something like that. So it's really for like if you're saying, you know what, I really don't need the kind of the the ease of publishing that we're providing in the DMs Guild. If that's not something that you feel you need and you are, have really these big ambitions, that's where the the open gaming license comes in, and then with and then the material that we're releasing under that. Mm-hmm. So that's really a good starting point for you. The um, but you really have to make sure you're doing all the work. I mean, that, that's that's a lot heavier lifting. Yeah, uh, it's, as it's, far it's as producing your work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. That's, yeah. That that's far and above like the push button service we're going to be offering for the Dungeon Masters Guild people who are doing that really are expecting to turn that into at the very least a side career of some sort yeah exactly yeah or willing to you know lay down the money to print a book or things like that Mm -hmm. have more resources for creating art you know stuff like that right so yeah we see that more as if you're a little bit more serious about starting your own publishing company or if you're like really more so like an RPG design you want to do something that's very different you know take that core of the fifth edition engine and do something really radically different with it right so the now the uh, essentially you're getting the same amount of content you would have under third edition it's essentially there's just there's more stuff that fifth edition adds that just is not included under the open gaming license if you do want to work directly with that stuff that's where the DMs guild comes in the um, what's the, what kind, I mean just out of curiosity I haven't I haven't read it actually or SRD yet but is the uh, uh, things like the advantage and disadvantage is that included yeah, yeah, in there that's all in there yeah so the core rules you need to play the game are all covered so you can reference them and use them in, in creating your own games and your in your own material that's great so yeah interesting the um, and other examples like feats we really we just give you one example feat because again the expectation is you'd want to create your own feats if you're creating your own new setting you'd you'd want new feats because you want feet and it's also with feats being an optional rule mm-hmm. they're not required to run the game so things like that right so the other end of it too is we, we anything that was not or in the um, and under the under the open gaming license in the past we were not typically adding monsters um, or and especially proper names uh, so characters like Drist and stuff would not they don't show up in there so. Cool. Makes sense. And it's the same license we used in the past. So if you've worked with the open gaming license in the past, it's just the same license. We're just adding more content to no it. No surprises. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm going to ask this on behalf of a few people that I know want to know the answer mm-hmm. to. Okay. Are employees allowed to submit content? To the, the DM Guild? Guild? That is, uh, at this point, an open question that has yet to be answered. So we're going to yeah. leave it alone at the moment um, and give you an I don't know. Yeah, I think Mike Morales is going to start. Under a pen <laughs> yeah. name? Under a pen name. <laughs> bike Burles. Yeah, your daughter's Mike name. Mike is going like, to come to work in a new car. Yeah. New <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> like he doesn't, you, know, you don't have that outlet already. That's what's so funny. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I think that's uh, uh, an interesting corner case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many people that are creative types around the building. There's one or two. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they. It would be cool to see what they come up with too. Yeah. 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm asking for a friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly's furiously writing backgrounds right now. I can see it. Sally Mazzanobo. <laughs> <laughs> can your sister write content for the yeah. channel? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I just think that that's what's cool about the the, the DMs Guild is that it's it, it you know your sister could. I mean that's what's so amazing is like everybody can just it would be participate because that. she does not exist. That would be like that would be really cool. Shelly's imaginary sister writing content. Well, now my first adventure is going to be Shelly finding her long lost. sister. Sister yes, Sally. As, as far as I know, she doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, as far as you know, right? But if she did exist, she'd be an expert dungeon master. Probably. And an eager participant you know what? in the dungeon master. I do of believe course. in a parallel universe, I am an expert dungeon master. I know I am. Everyone is a expert dungeon master in waiting, right? We all have that potential. Until, and now the DMs Guild is going to unleash that potential. Exactly. And that's a, that's an interesting thread to jump on too, is that this is gonna be a great tool, not just for people who've been doing this for years and have those file cabinets that I mentioned earlier, but for people who are just starting out. Exactly. Just starting to play for the yeah. first time. Yeah. This is great bite-sized uh, content that you can, not just, you know, you can download it and, and play it whole cloth, but you can also download it and spark imagination for your own yeah. ongoing campaign. There's a whole new generation of new and younger gamers out there that are really into creating things like Minecraft and so on and so forth. And this is the type of thing that we would hope that those creative minds would want to get engaged with. So right? on that note, is there an age limit to who can, do you have to be a certain age to yeah, post that, on here? Yeah, that comes down to, I'm sure in the, if you win the terms of service or the uh, the user agreement, uh, th there's just typical blanket laws. If you're below a certain age, you can't agree to contracts and things like that. Essentially, so. you have to be able to legally sign a contract. So yeah. an adult, so you're, 18 yeah. year older. Or your yeah, guardian would right, be able to yeah, do yeah, it for yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Right. So yeah, but I'm not a lawyer, so don't listen to me. So sure, go ahead. Yeah, me neither. Five-year-old yeah. kid, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. This is an adventure. But speaking of which, my four-year-old did come up with a, a very D&D-like scenario the other day where oh, she yeah. put on a, 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 a tiara that she had found and a, uh, uh, a, it was basically like just packaging that she had and she wrapped it around <laughs> herself like it was a scarf and then she had like these high heel shoes on and she was around and she was the giving queen <gasps> and she was giving gifts and she talked in this very elevated voice and was oh here you are and like bowed her head very much so and the I'm like oh my god queen? the giving I queen I love your kids she is <laughs> I, I need to introduce her to to, to I, I don't know if she would get like the whole structure of the rules yet but it doesn't matter the role playing she's is there she's ready Absolutely. it's there that could be her character that could be the her giving character. the giving queen we all start off as role players when we're children, yes. right? Yeah. Some of us just never grow out of it. <laughs> Hopefully, less and less people will grow less out of it and as we go yeah. forward. It really is the power of imagination. Huh? <laughs> nice, cool. Well, I mean, I mean, we're, we're touching on this here, but like, what do you think the future of of uh, the DMs Guild and all this means for for Dungeons and Dragons as a whole going forward? Wow, that's that, a big yeah. that's a big open ended question, but I, I have to admit I'm probably more nervous about launching this than I was about fifth edition. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because fifth edition, we so thoroughly sketched out the terrain, we just relentlessly pulled people. Like I, I have to admit, I was a little nervous with launch of fifth, but I felt like we did everything we could. Mm -hmm. And now, honestly, to see like I was just checking today, like it's still like you know the Amazon rank is still like just a you know a hair above a hundred. Like people are still buying the failure sandbook and droves. Like, I feel like we've hit this mother. Like, it, it, it's been wildly more successful than I thought it was, than, than I thought it was going to be. But I never felt like, oh, people are going to hate this. Because, like, we'd already tested it so much. Right. But this is really, because it, it's such terra incognita. 
Mm-hmm. And when yeah. I think of myself, like, well, if I, when I was, especially, yeah, you mentioned like when I was 16 or whatever, like, I think I would have been all over this. Yeah. But you I don't know, know, right? You're just, you're nervous. So it's going to be very nerve wracking. I think the if they're, they're already creating this content. Yeah. It already exists in their minds, on their tables, yep. in their notebooks. Like, why not just throw it up there and make, yeah. you know, Absolutely. see what Stuff. happens. Yeah. The only Great. thing that I will say is the people who are reading it and rating it, just be kind to your fellow creators. <laughs> feedback is is constructive. Feedback is good. Yep. But like, I just I'm already like I'm gonna just go on there and just give everyone a five five stars five stars. Good, five for, stars. You. good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll probably nice. be looking out for those folks too. The people who are giving the best like feedback, That's right? That's true. Yeah, you yeah. Know, good because those folks can become awesome. great bloggers later Very on. Valuable. Yeah, critical thinkers about critical thinkers about who who are giving good feedback, honest feedback. Um, I like that. Without Chris being Lindsay. hurtful, um, we can look out for for those folks and and, and feature them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's it's really it's like this big experiment. Because I, I couldn't tell, I don't know. Like, and that's what I guess I get nervous because I'm always, I'm always big on like data and projections and like you know we know what's going to happen before we do it that kind of thing. And this, I don't know what's going to. I hope you know like you have hopes. I, I would love to see like a year from now we have like a really you know good sized community of, of creators, yeah, it like be, a robust market know, that yeah, people just, yeah. people awesome are just making house. stuff and just like you know what I what I want to see is the the thing someone creates that makes me go we need to incorporate that into the game. Right, mm. like this is such a great approach to whatever mm-hmm. it's a character class, a core mechanic. Like this is a no-brainer. This is like, you know, I don't want to say sixth edition and freaking out because we're nowhere near even thinking about that. But just like, wow, if we ever revise the game, we've got to, you know, mm-hmm. do the future this, right? Mike Morales. The yeah. Mike Morales that we're we talking about discovered this is the future yet. questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to <laughs> speculative. To see our fan creators get super excited about Dungeons and Dragons, right? Get even more into it than they already possibly can be now yeah. Yeah. would be just uh, mind-blowing. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about this too, and I just thought of this now, was that there's, there is a large audience of people, and I was one of them for a long time, who, who, who just like reading uh, uh, RPG material, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. for, for the idea generation, yeah. for just for fun. And now this opens that up to a much wider, you know, uh, audience and, the, 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 you know, all that stuff that you're like, oh, maybe I could do this. Well, now you can, and, and it's very easy to do. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that there's going to be a wealth of, of, of material out there for your bathroom reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I read most of my RPG material. So I don't know if that's too much to share. You <laughs> yeah. You have two young children. That, well, the Monster Manual is great for 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 quick readings. For, yeah. Yes. Just read a couple yeah. monsters here and there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, that's what the Efreed does. That's cool. Oh yeah. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. Well, thank you guys so much for, for joining us and, and talking about all this. Uh, you will be, I think, talking about this again pretty soon, right? Yeah, I heard there might be an AMA we're going to be asked to do. Yeah, absolutely. On the D&D Reddit, that's the plan. Yeah. Oh. Uh, coming up probably tomorrow. Uh, so check the uh, official Wizards Twitter account for that, uh, for more information on that, uh, as well as, uh, of course, the website, oh, yeah. uh, you, uh, Dungeons We'll find uh, all the information about the Dungeons Master's Guild, but then also... Uh, the OGL uh, is is downloadable from there. And then, of course, DungeonMastersGuild.com. Yep. Yeah. Open I, for business. I love AMA Day. That's the day when, you know, you bring 
the water bottle. It's actually filled with vodka. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's <laughs> answers just, get progressively more funny. Let it rip, right? Just let it rip. Say whatever Narrows you want. Off, the, it's off the rails again. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's asking me anything. Oh, must be AMA yeah. day. <laughs> Showing up all, you know, coolied <laughs> up and ready to go. He's like right? bleeding out of his ears by the end of the day. How fast are you furiously typing like when you're doing an AMA? Is it, it's, are these questions like, bam, bam, well, bam? Yeah, I try to. Uh, I can type very fast. This is like my superpower. And it's. I'm so fortunate I was born now and not in the Stone Age because it would have been very useful. <laughs> it's very useful today. It would have been horribly useless, like, you know, in 1000 BC. To be like, well, I can write, like, 4,000 words a day of, like, fairly coherent stuff. Cuneiform like, is... Yeah, can you kill a saber-toothed tiger, though? Like, well, no, but if we had a time machine, it would be very useful. You're right, so, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and a lot of it's just because my back my programming days and all that. But the, uh, yeah, so it's always fun because you're trying to stay one step ahead of people. But you always have to be careful because you don't want to, like, miss, because, you know, one word and now suddenly your answer is completely wrong. Yep, you know, what you forever. Intended. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. Did so, I say that? I meant not that. Right. Yeah, I, exactly. I forgot the N-O-T there. But what's always fun to me, so I've only done the one AMA, so I'm really looking forward to this because nice. you always get the fun questions, right? The people who, like, maybe don't take it fully seriously and ask you a question about, like, a magic using bear and stuff like that. So that's why <laughs> I always like those questions. Also, Dale Yeah. Exactly. My old familiar. You have to. <laughs> the upper body strength you get from like chiseling and stone tablets, though, it could be really useful when you're hunting. I would have had right. much, much like slower cuneiform produced per day back in you know Babylonian times, <laughs> but today I get my my keyboard and I just let it fly. Nice. And you guys will also be uh, attending GaryCon this we'll year. We'll be going to GaryCon, which yeah. is very exciting. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. And Winter Fantasy. So Winter Fantasy coming up at the, in February. Yep. Then GaryCon, which is super exciting. My first time at GaryCon. And oh, so wow. I'm super excited. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be so Are awesome. Are you doing your workshops there at these yep. shows? Yeah, We're going to do workshops at uh, GaryCon and then Origins. Yeah, and then Origins, yeah. Oh, that's going to be So fun. that's going to be really fun, too. So, yeah. Cool. And, and I imagine, you know, we talked about what we're going to look at doing, like, is there stuff we can do online and stuff, too? Mm-hmm. So, we'll, they'll, you know, things will develop as we go forward. But we definitely know we're in a convention. We want to talk about game design, working on the fifth, the fifth edition, fifth edition rules engine, creating content for it, creating great adventures, and yeah. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it because this to me is the most exciting and fun part about working on a, a role playing game. Is because yeah. because it, it is you interact no, with people. Yeah, yeah. And, and people being able to just like make stuff up, right? Like yeah. if I'm like you know modding you know Half Life, I can't just decide. Oh, I want to do this and just say it. I gotta go code it. I gotta, you know it's like harder. Right? <laughs> She's yeah. coding. Who wants to do that? Right. Yeah. Well. You know, that's what's exciting to me about tabletop role-playing. D&D, just write it down, yeah. and it's there. Yep. <laughs> in the universe. For the whole world to see. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be uh, uh, in the area for, for Winter Fantasy or Gary Khan uh, or Origins, definitely come uh, uh, check these guys out. Yeah. Uh, even if you're not in the area, go travel to those areas. Yeah. Buy tickets, I'm sure. Absolutely. I'm sure Luke would be very happy uh, <laughs> about that. So. Oh, yeah, Gary Khan. And all three conventions have some really great stuff lined up. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we'll have some information about that on the website. Totally. Now, if not, very soon. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, guys. Cool. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Good job, guys. Really <laughs> well done. Good. Well done. I'm nice. really happy you're doing this. Uh, do you want to, uh, before I before I let you out of the room, uh, do you want to pimp your uh, Twitter handle? People oh, yeah. can ask you there. So mine is Mike Merles, one word, on Twitter. And so I, I try to answer every question that people ask me. Now, back when I had, like, like a, a handful of followers that worked, doesn't always work now that I'm like got like 14, 15,000, something like but that. But now we know what a fast typer you are. Exactly. <laughs> I am a fast typer. That's my one. Did you say 15,000? 
something like you that. Have 15, yeah. I have like an NBA arena full of people. Well, now to be clear, if there's an actual NBA arena and you put my actual followers in it, half of them would be robots trying to get the other half to look at porn. Because <laughs> that's Twitter, right? Like half it is porn bots. Isn't that mostly like what uh, would be at an NBA game? Yes, robots selling. <laughs> Everyone knows like porn maybe bots love LA, to play. Yeah, yeah, it's an LA Lakers, an LA Lakers game. game. Maybe, right. maybe, yeah, maybe at a Lakers yeah, yeah. game. Right, at the As the Boston Center. guy. Yeah, that's that would right. would be an interesting game. How to get that dig in there somehow. Uh, what about you, Chris? What's your uh, Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is uh, as at Onatrix, which is O-N-N-A-T-R-Y-X. Uh, I haven't had any questions yet. Uh, oh, I'm not sure what I'd do if I got one, but we'll, gonna, we'll find out. Is, You're like, hey, Mike, what's, what's the answer? What's up with your so handle? the procedure is you hit uh, retweet, but then say I want to add something to it. Then you take a shot. And, <laughs> and then you just write whatever comes to mind. And it's actually, if you it has. You get a drinking game. Twitter is just a exactly. big drinking game. And then you answer, the key to a good answer is it's like being at a press conference for anything controversial. You just you just don't answer the question. Well, right? They might ask you, like, hey, my, like the binding is fall my, falling out of my book. What do I do? And you just say, well, we all love kobolds and I'm glad you love them uh, too. Right? Just like, say, <laughs> you can just take a page out of my book. I got her top book. shoes. I can tap dance with the best I'm of them. I'm just here. Praise Demogorgon. Yeah, I'm here to That's right. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Nice. Hail Orcus. Hail Orcus. That's all that matters. Uh, you can follow Shelly on Twitter as well. That's Shelly Moo. That's you. Please don't ask me any questions about rules or anything. <laughs> well, but I get them, I get them well, wrong all the time. Send them to Jeremy. That's the best thing. Yeah, send them to Jeremy, yeah, 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 send yeah, yeah. Jeremy Crawford. Send them to Jeremy Crawford. Jeremy E. Crawford on Twitter. Yes. E is important. Is, is, who's the other Jeremy Crawford? That guy. He just a guy who gets all the rules questions. Oh, he must be so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> it's a trolling account. I was like, isn't D... N D like the name of a bar or something in England. Like the and they're constantly getting tagged like what? Uh, I don't know, but I go there. <laughs> I did not know that. That's I, awesome. It, it's something I think. I yeah. I kinda remember this from the guy's like, I'm at the Dragon Pub. What? <laughs> no. I got nothing uh, to do with this. I'm at Greg Tito, it's easy enough to remember. Uh, but you can also follow the official Wizards account, which is at wizards underscore D N D, the letter N, right, just like you right. said. Um, and of course, uh, this is on iTunes, so please go ahead and rate and review this podcast if you liked us talking about this stuff. Uh, that just helps us get the podcast more visibility, get more people looking at it. So uh, let us know and give us all of the best constructive right. feedback. We're looking at potential <laughs> potential <laughs> podcast <laughs> reviewers. What we're actually looking for Big is market. construction feedback. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you have any tips on building skyscrapers, you're like, your bathrooms. Your cat bathrooms. call totally whistle bathrooms. was not the right pitch. <laughs> right. It been out. It's like, not. Hey, hey, baby. Yeah. Yeah. hey, baby. Yeah, see, Let's get, say it with a smile. Yeah, a higher tone voice. <laughs> like, just throw it out there. Be weird. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be creepy. Be weird. Be weird. <laughs> there's such a fine line between creepy and weird. It really yeah, is. Extraordinarily fine. No, no, this is creepy and weird are the same almost. I think you can be weird and not creepy, but I. What I, would that be like? Like doing like like tai chi in the middle of the break room? Is that weird or creepy? No, it's yeah. That would be weird. <laughs> that would be that's, weird. That's kind of push-ups weird. in yeah. the kitchen, creepy. That's because if, if there's sweat involved, <laughs> yeah, then we're the, that's does, the creepy yeah, line. Two yeah. sides of the same coin, or the I mean, same side of two coins, whichever way you cut it. There's just some like like Ryan was talking. Was, I don't know. This was like 15 minutes ago, so I can't remember. But <laughs> like, what, is it your son that like licks the refrigerator now? Yeah, weird. Not creepy. Yeah. Just weird. Just weird. It's the garbage can. I believe it was. Oh yeah. Okay. That's creepy. His son is not even a year old yet. Let's just be clear. He's not. Don't like, call CPS. <laughs> 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 He's fine. <laughs> 
We'll learn them good. Oh, Excellent, great. Something on the garbage can. Always, yeah, always good to end with a child abuse joke. Uh, oh. <laughs> every podcast should. Uh, all right. Well, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please ignore the last few minutes and your rates and reviews on iTunes, <laughs> uh, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Awesome.